0: Taxpayers provide upwards of $30 billion for medical research in the U.S. each year. How much trickles down to help patients who have disease right now? You are listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, president and chief science officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses and my guest is Richard J Boxer MD chief science officer van cerda inc clinical professor of surgery and urology at the university of wisconsin madison and clinical professor of both family and community medicine and health policy at the medical college of wisconsin in milwaukee dr boxer and i are discussing the american center for cures dr boxer welcome to reach md
1: well thank you very much it's a pleasure being on your program and i look forward to discussing the subject with you.
0: So what is the American Center for Cures and why is it important?
1: The American Center for Cures is presently an idea which hopefully will become a reality that is a new facility within the National Institutes of Health which will focus on translational and applications research. It is important because we have, through the last 50 years or longer, using universities and the National Institutes of Health, had amazing discoveries And yet those discoveries have not necessarily translated into better health for Americans and indeed for humanity. And so we are pushing hard. The we as scientists and clinicians, presidents of medical schools and Nobel laureates are pushing for a new approach, a new pathway to discovery so that America and the world can see a better day.
0: And whose idea was this to start with?
1: Well, the idea developed from a man named Lou Weisbach, who is from Chicago, he is a business person, entrepreneur, philanthropist, who came up with a concept in early 2000 that the way healthcare research was presently, or at least at the time, and actually presently being done, was not sufficiently reaching the goal that we all had, which is to have cures of diseases. And so he asked me to work with him to get a political answer to this very vexing question. And so the two of us got together and started working on this in a manner in which we're focusing a a tremendous amount of energy to get to the Congress and to the public in general.
0: And what's your background and what's Lou's background that would make you such an awesome team putting this together?
1: Well, I appreciate the compliment. We do make a good team. Lou's background, again, is as a business person, he started uh, with a small loan from his mother 30 years or so ago, a company called Halo Industries, which eventually became the world's largest branded merchandise that is really logo kind of merchandise company. Uh, He eventually sold that and has been working on a lot of other interesting projects since then. I am a urologist and uh, I've been practicing um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, both in private practice and uh, now I'm at the University of Wisconsin, both in Madison and also the Medical College of Wisconsin and working as a professor in health policy and surgery. And finally, I just recently will be moving to Miami where I'll be a professor of urology at the University of Miami.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with Dr. Rick Boxer of the Medical College of Wisconsin about the American Center for Cures. So you mentioned that this is a political solution. Tell us what that means.
1: I, I call it a political solution. Is it really not as much a solution as using the political process to gain more scientific knowledge? Presently, we have a uh, the, the politics of uh, whenever there's government involvement, using government or federal or certainly public monies, uh, there is politics and there is the government involved. What we want to do is focus the energy of the funding, new funding, not taking money away from other projects, but new funding towards this Translational and Applications Research Facility.
0: Describe for us what that means, Translational and Applications Research, and why is that different from what's going on currently in the government?
1: Well, for the last probably 500, maybe 1,000 years, uh, research has really been basically curiosity-driven. For example, when uh, Christopher Columbus thought the world was round, he went to King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella and got money to sail around the world. Now, if if a research professor wants to learn about the DNA of a yeast cell, then he or she will go to the NIH and get money. And so the scientist is curious and then seeks funding to answer the question that he or she is posing. We, on the other hand, are doing what's called mission-driven research. We uh, will have a council, which we'll discuss in a moment, but the fundamental process will be a, a cures council composed of great entrepreneurs, great scientists, agents, federal agency heads, and they will uh, look at, for various diseases, maybe three or four at a time, that have the greatest impact on Americans or perhaps humanity in general, and um, also the greatest likelihood of cure. And those particular diseases will be focused upon, and the request for proposal, that is, research monies, will be available for scientists to answer specific questions about specific diseases rather than just what interests them.
0: So if you're really talking about translational medicine and finding cures, and this is a governmental body, who will own the patents and all of those kinds of things?
1: Well, to begin with, um, I think I may have forgotten to answer a little bit of your question about translational applications research. Basically, what it means is that the American Center for Cures will focus on the, bringing the discoveries that have already occurred to the bedside. In other words, um, applying the, the, the knowledge to the patient rather than being a center where we create pieces of the puzzle, which is really what the NIH does, um, we are going to put the puzzle together. For the first time, we're going to put the puzzle together. Um, and in fact, um, when I first started discussing the project with the director of the National Cancer Institute, he said to me, probably somewhat kiddingly, but nonetheless all too real, He said that he would not be surprised if there were three or four cures on the shelf that no one even knows about because no one's looking for them. The pieces of the puzzle are being created, but no one is putting the puzzle together. And that's what the American Center for Cures is all about—putting
0: those the puzzle together. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM One Fifty Seven, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with Dr. Rick Boxer of the Medical College of Wisconsin about the American Center for Cures. So, if this is a governmental body. Who's going to own the cures, the patents, and all of the intellectual property that gets developed?
1: Well, that's a very good point. To begin with, what well, we envision this is a, a public-private partnership such that the pharmaceutical companies or any biomedical engineering company, any company that, that really sees the advantage of, of bringing cures to the nation, will seek their support, their financial support. But once the discovery is made, we believe that the discovery, which will be paid for by the generosity of all Americans who are paying their taxes, um, that those discoveries should be available to Americans at the least amount of cost. And so uh, we will not give but license the cures to companies so they can distribute them as rapidly as possible. But the main beneficiary will be the American people.
0: And would those licensing fees then be used to fund further research?
1: Exactly. That is a very important point because We believe that it should be a circle. Once the discovery is made, the people should get the benefit of that, both in forms of cure and also in forms of the money to recycle it back to cure another disease.
0: Is there something in your background that makes you so passionate about the American Center for Cures?
1: Well, because I'm a clinician, a physician, a urologist, um, I've seen and cared for thousands of patients over the past 30 years who have the need for a cure. But on a very personal basis, I um, had uh, the diagnosis of a malignant melanoma and a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma 11 years ago, uh, actually 12 years ago, and that was followed by four operations, seven courses of chemotherapy, and a bone marrow transplant, and um, I am here as a beneficiary of science. I mean, I'm really literally sitting or standing on the shoulders of those people who came before me, both patients who perhaps died um, in, the, in seeking a cure or scientists who helped create the cure for me personally, the problem is that um, I don't want to be the unusual individual that has been cured. I want to be the typical person who has been cured and I've dedicated my life in certain respects to this concept and this project so that more people, uh, in fact, as many people as possible will be cured of their diseases.
0: So who's supporting you and Lou and the others on your team in getting this done?
1: Well, we have a number of Nobel laureates. We have presidents of universities at medical schools, deans of medical schools, several dozen congressmen, both senators and representatives. So uh, just, just folks, you know, basically who have heard about it are supporting this and are hoping that the legislation will be Uh, once again introduced. It was introduced a year or so ago, but once again introduced and this time passed. Um, In addition, we hope that this will be uh, part of the presidential campaign or discussions thereof. They've already started discussing and had a conference regarding cancer and health care is one of the most important. In fact, it's the most important domestic policy to be discussed during this presidential campaign. And so we're hoping that will become part of the discussion.
0: So what forces are against this idea and why would they not support it?
1: Well, it's hard for me to understand why somebody is against this. I obviously am very close to it. I'm biased, but I don't see any downside. But specifically, there are some people in the scientific community, specifically government sciences, even more specifically the NIH, um, who see this as a bit of competition or out of their control as far as money's expended. Some people think that this will create another bureaucracy for science, and we strongly believe it will not because we strongly believe that there is too much bureaucracy in the the present area of, of scientific endeavor. The $28 billion agency, the National Institutes of Health, has done brilliant things, and we celebrate all of their discoveries but there is a culture there that isn't necessarily conducive to what would be called big science. Big science meaning big projects, taking on really large projects such as curing a particular disease. They're outstanding in small science, which is critical science, but that is basic science and not applications um, research necessarily. So, who's against it? People who um, who think that the five to eight or more billion dollars a year that we think will be necessary should be spent somewhere else or people who think that the money will not be new money, although we've constantly urged to be new money. It'll be money that'll be taken away from other research projects. Uh, We believe and have always said that the new money will be the money that'll be used for the American Center for
0: Cures within the NIH. In 2006, the U.S. government and industry spent over $60 billion on medical research, and only 23 new drugs were approved by the FDA and none of them had a huge impact on any patient population. Is there something we can do to rework government priorities and reward systems to get better treatments and cures to patients faster and more economically? I want to thank my guest, Dr. Rick Boxer, for helping us take a look at these provocative questions and the American Center for Cures. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, president and chief science officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that repurposes existing treatments for new uses. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to XM at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.